Welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me today. And we're coming back to the Grammys Awards. We've probably covered the Grammys Awards every year or every other year for the last 14 years. And I do this because it's helpful to see the trends of human culture. And I do believe we need to understand the times so we will know what to do and how we can speak to a culture that is godless, hopeless, moral-less, and everything else-less. And wow, we begin to see the trends developing. And and I want to go over the trends one more time on Grammy's Awards, all the way back to Johnny Horton and the Battle of New Orleans. Now, I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't have anything against Johnny Horton and the Battle <laughs> okay. of New Orleans, except when you know they grab the the gator know, and the gator and mm, turn it into a cannonball, cannonball or something. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the 2023 Grammy's Awards ceremony celebrated artists and songs featuring transgenderism, Satanism, profanity. Um, just it's just sick stuff. Ted Cruz called the Grammy satanic performance pure evil and other conservative commentators called it the mockery of Christianity. The show attracted only 12 million viewers down from 40 million in 2012. So it's hardly relevant. We'll get to that in just a moment, but uh, Pfizer was a sponsor and they were brought to task on that. You know, Pfizer is the sponsor of the satanic celebrations of the 2023 Grammys. And I guess it's something to tuck away, but, but do remember that IBM Google, uh, MasterCard and Grey Goose were likewise sponsors. So, um, okay, for what it's worth, I'm not a big fan of Pfizer. I mean, it's basically a government agency that, you, you, that gets $60 billion dollars a year. You don't wear a I Heart Pfizer t-shirt? No, I, I, I burned that. Yeah. All right. What so, about the tattoo you got? Yeah, no, no. I, yeah. I, I scraped that off. The <laughs> 2023 Grammys celebration was really about Satanism. And uh, and the worthless piece of junk that seemed to be at the forefront of the Grammy celebrations this year was a little thing called Unholy, won the top award, and a composition that does live up to its name. I, I haven't seen all the lyrics, but have heard enough about it to know that it's unholy. It's, it's celebrating Satan and everything Satan is all about. So that's it. That apparently is the song of the year, or that's the... Yeah, duo by, performance of yeah. the year. I mean, that's a big, big deal. It's a, it, I check out the album, and there's one song called No God. So it's about atheism, homosexuality, everything that's, well, evil, everything that opposes God. Right. And uh, that is Smith what's being is celebrated. Only homosexual. Yeah, yeah, as is the transgender that he works with. Okay, so now this isn't the first time, though. I think people need to remember that Katy Perry was celebrating satanic rites on her dark horse. Back in the 2014 Grammys. So it was what? What is that? Nine years ago? Mm. So and we covered that as well. So, yeah, the song of the year in 1960 was Johnny Horton's Battle of New Orleans. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down, down the, the mighty Mississippi. Yeah. Thank you. I was yeah. hoping that. Yeah. I kind of fell asleep there. For okay. A yeah. Well, that was 1960. <laughs> and you have to, you just have to say, we've come a long way from Colonel Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans to. Yeah. Celebrating Satan at the Grammys. Right. That comes, and you say, well, how long does it take for a country to do that? And I would say it would be about roughly 63 years. Well, how long does it take for, for a country to forget Christianity? 
About 63 years. About a generation. Uh-huh. Really. Somewhere around there. 1964, Henry Mancini's Days of Wine and Roses, 71, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, Song of the Year. Uh, 1973, First Time I Ever Saw Your Face. Oh, yeah. Now, you wouldn't say that's satanic, would you? Oh, no. It's just kind of a love a, song. It's a love song. Yeah. Uh, 1978, You Light Up My Life. Well, now we start to get into how can it be wrong if it feels so right. So we're starting to edge into some level of autonomy. Uh, 1983, always on my mind, Willie Nelson, he was kind of a jerk, but he was trying to reconstruct the relationship. So, you know, that, that was 1983. So now 1987, that's what friends are for. Not exactly celebrating Satan, (laughs) right? I mean, again, unforgettable 1993, Natalie Cole pulling back. Again, love songs. It's a lot of love songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1997, change the world, Eric Clapton. 2006, you two, sometimes you can't make it on your own. Okay, that's 2006. Okay, now, 2007, Rehab and Amy Winehouse. Okay, now we're into the, the crossing over the line of despair. And, and this is what I've done in my book, Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. I believe the shift in America occurred in 2006 to 2007. Mm. And I, I take that from the lawsuit that uh that was lost uh by the christian photographer uh in new mexico she lost her case to the supreme court okay so that's that's roughly 2007 so again the christian cultural influence that dominated for 2000 years failed in the year 2006 2007 and uh so now amy winehouse committed suicide and she walked over the line of despair and 2014, of course, right off, you get the celebration of Satan and all the rest with Katy Perry. By 2020, it's green-haired Billie Eilish and Bad Guy. 2021, Billie Eilish's album, Everything I Wanted. And that uh, was an album that celebrated suicide, Lucifer, self-mutilation, jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, and cannibalism. Okay, so that's where you are by 2023. Now, the point is that, uh, by the way, she was homeschooled. Billie Eilish was homeschooled. Homeschool doesn't save anybody. Um, and then the 2023 Grammys, you've got another satanic celebration, this time with some transgendered freak. So th- that's where Western civilization went over a period of 63 years. Interesting stuff, friends. Western culture is dead, just dead, just dead. Nobody really cares. Only 12 million viewers down from 40 million viewers. That's 3% of the American population. That's about the size of the homeschooling movement. Okay. Wow. About the size of the homeschooling movement in America showed up for the Grammys. Now, here's here's the big takeaway before we take the break. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. This big album for this song, Unholy, okay, which is the, the thing that generated all this controversy with Senator Ted Cruz and everybody else. This big al- album, it's supposed to be this big, you know, horrible cultural influence that's come over big all of America. Huge. Show. I mean, this yeah. is the nuclear bomb that yeah. dropped on America. This big album, Unholy, sold in 39,000 copies. Uh, you mean that night? No. You mean? Altogether. What? Yeah, 39,000 copies. 39,000 mil- million. No, no, thousand. That's 0.01% of the population. Michael Jackson sold 1,300 times more albums than that on some of his bigger albums. Casting Crowns, a Christian album, sold in 2003. Remember Casting Crowns? Yes. Okay, their big album in 2003 sold 50 times more than this piece of junk. (laughs) 
Okay, so what are we saying here, Vince? It's a tempest in a teapot. What we're saying is pop is dead. Yeah. Pop is dead in America, okay? The world passes away with the lust thereof, but he who does the will of the Father abides forever. That's what happens to Hollywood. That's what happens to the Grammys. Pop is dead. DOA, dead on arrival, dead and buried, six feet under. Go get me some more dirt. We need to bury this thing yep. right now. D-I-W, it's dead over. in the water. It's over, friends. Listen to this. One more takeaway. If you have any doubt in your mind that the whole pop idol system is dead and buried, rest in peace. No, don't don't rest in peace. Just, just be there forever and ever because we don't want you to resurrect from here on out. But listen to this. Among 77 of the top-selling albums of all time, 77 top-selling albums of all time, Bill, only one comes from the last 20 years. Pop has been dead for 20 years. Wow. That, that album was Adele's album from 12 years ago. She, 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 she made the top 77. So basically what you're saying is that this, this Grammy Awards is just a, just a celebration of the incestuous relationship between producers and artists. Yeah, they're so buying albums it. from each other. Yes. Yeah, it, what, it, one it, of the guys brought 14,000 copies just to make it look like you yeah. know, he had a, another guy bought 12,000 copies. So yeah, they're just they're just buying each other's albums. It's, it's, it's over. It's over. Pop is dead. These pop squeaks think they're famous, but they're not anymore. It's a house of cards. It's already collapsed. The, bab- the babble of pop culture is over. The tower has crumbled. <laughs> People yeah. have already walked away. It's already been abandoned. There's like six guys left on the tower. When I was a kid, I lived in a small coal mining town in, in Southern Illinois. And my dad told me that during the Depression, there were there were mines around there in small communities, very small communities. And the mines went down. And so these these coal miners in this little bitty community decided to start making moonshine. And so they so many of them started making moonshine that they had to wear badges so they wouldn't sell to each other. And that's what's happening in the pop scene. That's what's happening scene. in the yeah. pop scene is they're, that they're, they're selling, selling to, to each, each other. other. Yeah. They're yeah. not they're not really and yet they still have influence because they the media still picks yeah, them up. Yeah, prop them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty much over. All right, my friends. Well, that's the story. And and it's really just a repeat. It's just a repeat of the Tower of Babel. It's just a repeat of 1 John chapter 2. The world passes away. All this world of lust and pride and the whole pop scene, that world passes away, the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And okay, there's an occasional Christian kid who looks back at the smoking Sodom with uh, Lot's wife and they turn into a pillar of salt. Okay, I get that. I get that. There's a couple of Christian kids still looking back at the smoking Sodom. And they turn into a pillar of salt. Okay, so we get a few of those too. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations broadcast. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. 
Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. And we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. Bill Jack as well from Worldview Academy. And Bill, there's been a number of interesting editorials from the Christian Post of late. And this one called The Steamrolling of America really caught my attention. He calls it Satan and the Consensus Establishments, Wallace Henley. And the question he asks is, how has our culture slipped to the point that a popularly televised event, the Grammys, would feature and elevate satanic ritual. Now, this is no surprise to me. They've been doing this since 2016. Sure. All the way back to Katy Perry. So this isn't the first time this has happened. I'm not sure why everybody gives us the impression, you know, whoa, this isn't... Well, it was 2014 that they did the satanic thing, and then they did the homosexual weddings. Remember that? And then it was 2015. It was 2015 where the Supreme Court of the United States said, well, if the Grammys can do it, I guess we can do it. So Mm -hmm. remember, it's pop culture that really dictates what the Supreme Court of the United States is going to do. So... So it's true that the popular culture seems to have a tremendous amount of influence on the minds of America, all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. So he asked this question, well, whatever happened, you know? Um, and I put the collapse of Christian civilization in the West in around 2006, 2007. You can read the story in Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West. But uh, what does this say about a nation, he says, that once designated itself as being under God? Significant changes are happening with the consensus establishment. Such a group of elites exists in every society. They come into agreement about what the worldview and values of the society should be, propagandize the culture with the concepts and practices that express the new belief system, and ultimately are able to go visual by public declaration one form or another. And generally, I think I agree with this, except for the fact that he doesn't talk about the fact we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principies and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I think if he threw in some Ephesians 6, I would say, yes, there's a spiritual element to this. And to think that it's a well-coordinated conspiracy, a cabal of guys who are getting into a dark, smoke-filled room and all deciding they're going to capture control over every American institution and bring it under a certain kind of worldview, I don't think it happens that way, Bill. Once a once a nation leaves God, it it embraces that that other worldview automatically, and it it just pops up in all form, all aspects of culture. And he he mentions you know Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and you know King Nebuchadnezzar, um, and then called upon the Chaldeans to instruct Daniel and the other Hebrew slaves. He wanted them immersed in culture and their values and the worldview of Babylon and its ruling regime. I agree with that. And that, that's what's happened here, is that once you leave a biblical worldview, it's not neutrality to which you move. It is the opposite. It is ultimately satanic worship that you end up with. You end up with what we used to, as when you and I were kids, would hear about what goes on in, in the darkest parts of the world, in the darkest Africa, or in those those parts of the world where where the Bible and the, and the gospel hadn't been had had not penetrated, but we're seeing that now here because we've rejected God's word, mm-hmm. and we have walked away from it. You just don't walk to a neutral corner. You don't have a safe space to which you go. It's you're either for or against. You're either hot or you're cold. 
There is no lukewarm. And as you know, I don't like to see this as just a post-Christian secularism, as much as I like to see it as anti-Christian, post-Christian apostates with an attitude. Right. They've heard about God. They used to know of him. They used to be taught about him. But now they really dislike him. They hate him. And they've got it in for him. And that's that's the attitude of the post-Christian West. Right. It's got a really, really negative attitude towards the true and living God. Uh, so that's where we are today. You're right. He, he says, who are these elites that control all of this? Well, it's a consensus. Five powerful components of the present consensus establishment in American society. And I think he's does a pretty good breakdown. It's a pretty good breakdown yeah. of the consensus that has turned against Christ, uh, their information establishment and its elites. The primary role of information establishment is to inundate the culture with a new consensus so that everyone is faced constantly with its demands. The entertainment establishment and its elites. Uh, the major role of the entertainment establishment is to dress up and popularize the new and developing consensus so that it seems irresistible, popularly acclaimed and emulated. So we certainly see that. Yeah, you have a 39,000 sale album. Yeah, yeah. and they make a huge deal out of it. Yeah. Right, right. The academic establishment and its elites is the third. The role of academics to give academic status, the sense of intellectual depth, the credibility to the worldview of the consensus establishment, the political establishment's elites, the political establishment has the ability to turn the worldview and the values of the consensus establishment into law and force compliance to what the consensus establishment demands. The corporate establishment, it's elites. The corporate establishment monetizes and popularizes the values and worldview of the consensus establishment by merchandising and creating trends in fashion, and I would say also regulating their employees according to this new ethical standard. So I would add that too. And I would say the corporate establishment is relatively new. You could get away with working in a corporation without doing due obeisance to the god of homosexuality. You know, in 86 or 88 when I graduated from college, not so easy anymore. So the corporate establishment has pretty much adopted the consensus, this anti-Christian consensus, uh, as has the political establishment, academic establishment did that in the 1960s. So that was 50 years ago. Entertainment establishment has done it since the 1960s and 70s. The information establishment elites have been doing it since, well, almost day one. The media has been left wing from the very beginning. It's probably uh, the most influential anti-God, anti-Christian element. That's why we do this program. Because we just want to at least have a tiny little voice against the ABC, CBSs, and NBCs of the world. So that's the consensus that is against us. Now, again, I don't see this as a bunch of guys getting in a dark room. I just think this is Satan influencing a lot of people, and certainly he influences people at the top of the heap. But uh, but this is also something that people are willingly turning towards. Sure, uh, this nation is turning towards these sorts of things. Is it just the oligarchy that is evil, or has the populace itself gone evil? If the elite could just get on board with the heartland, some people say, well, everything would be great. You know, no. the heartland is okay. Everything's good about what's going on in the heartland. The rank no. and file of America is doing great. I don't agree with that. The arteries in the heartland are clogged with secularism. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've willingly adopted it. These are their values. This is the value of the heartland. We have found the enemy, and it is us. The nation needs regeneration, transformation by the gospel. The nation is in apostasy, running away from Christ. And many of the churches are in apostasy, too. Well, his solutions are interesting. Let's go over them briefly. That's what he says. The solution is classical education, the reviving of the method and philosophy of the ancient pagans and Greeks. Um, the family must be involved in education. I agree with that. I, agree I say with amen that. to that. We need to return education to the jurisdiction of the fathers. Yeah, and he's good with that. Entertainment establishments must be nicer. Present truth and beauty. 
it seems to me okay. that's a little bit superficial. Uh, that yeah, that's it's, that's it's hard to do that when you, it's hard to do that when you've got the wrong worldview. Right. <laughs> it's it's like trying to impose, you know, a, a U.S. democracy on Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, got you, some, have to, you have you got to some shift the under, world view. underlying worldviews that yeah. need to be worked a little bit before we start building superstructure on the foundations. Right. Um, he talks about political leaders defending freedom of speech. Amen to that. And embrace, model, and support the values and worldview that makes freedoms possible. And that's true. That's a Christian worldview. Let's just say it. It's a Christian worldview. Journalists must cover matters objectively and fairly. Oh, well, we've only been saying that for 90 years. Corporate leaders must be more responsible for the things they do, as in don't sponsor satanic events. Okay. Again, it just seems a little yeah. pusillanimous. You know, I'm not sure it's, this it's is going to solve the problems. You know, um, the church must recover its prophetic voice. Amen. Amen. Now, let's talk about the church. I, mean, I, I want to interact with some of this, Bill, before we're done. How has the church lost its prophetic voice? Well, two parts. One is the prophet himself, and the other is the people who hear the prophet. I think we have problems on both sides of this. I agree. The reason why the church has lost the prophetic voice is because the people are led by popular culture and public schools and not by pastors anymore. They want their ears tickled. They, yeah, they do. Their teachers are is Hollywood. Their teachers are the movies they watch on Saturday night. Their, their teachers are not the pastors. How is this ever going to be corrected without a massive social and cultural shift among Christian families? I don't think it can be. Pastors are afraid to offend. So you have, I just preached on this on Sunday, Isaiah chapter 56 and 57. These are uh, pastors that cannot bark. These dogs that won't bark, dogs that won't address the wolves and the, the issues that are coming into the churches. Uh, they're pusillanimous. The pastors aren't willing to stand up and offend. They haven't told their churches, get your kids out of these public schools, uh, you know, because they're afraid they're going to offend somebody. And, and to me, the, the, the pastors have to become the prophets yes. again, and the people have to be willing to hear them. In other words, there has to be both supply and demand. If there's no demand, how can we get supply? If there's some supply, no demand, we've got a problem. If there's a demand, but no supply, then we still have a problem. So there has to be a prophetic voice that is given and received on both ends. That makes sense? Yes. But that prophetic voice needs to cry out even if there are no willing ears to hear. As you see, with just talk to the wall, talk to the wall, Isaiah and Jeremiah. (laughs) That's what they did. That's what they did. Yeah. 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 Because sometimes that's what we're called to do. And and God told Jeremiah, talk to the wall and you need to be a wall. (laughs) So be a wall. Talk to the wall. (laughs) One wall talking to the wall. Uh, That was Jeremiah. Okay. Well, these are some of the issues. uh, Again, I think we need to be addressing Um, some of these solutions seems to me duct tape at the engine room of the Titanic. As you know, duct tape doesn't do well underwater. So what do you do? Well, friends, we can't allow for any neutrality either in the area of truth and beauty or whatever. We can't go back to the ancient Greeks. I don't believe in that. I believe we've got to bring a distinctively Christian viewpoint and form our worldview in education, especially on a Christian world and life view. That's essential. That's where it starts. And that's where he's right, where parents need to get involved. Yet the kind of worldview taught in these homeschools or Christian schools really matter, really, really matter. So we also need to see what is going on as a very destructive agenda. He calls it a steamroller. The steamroller, as I see it, has already smashed and crushed our civilization. 
Yeah, all we uh, saw know, the, at the Grammys was, was, just, was just the symptom. The total destruction. Yeah, it was the fruit of the worldview that we've adopted in this culture. And we are we are apple whapping, if you will. We we take our bat and we we knock off rotten apples off the branches of the tree and we think we've done our job. And the problem is not the apples. The problem that's just the the fruit of the worldview. The worldview are the roots of the tree. And we have to go dig the dig the roots up. We will have to lay down foundations. We need to rebuild out of the ruins. So the present strategy is not so much how we will duct tape the hull of the Titanic as much as building emergency life rafts on the deck of the Titanic. We're paying closer attention to islands of culture, islands of freedom than we are to the earthquakes going on over in the mainland. It doesn't mean we have to ghettoize in terms of geography. I don't believe in that. It just means we need to understand the metaphorical islands restoring the biblical family, restoring biblical churches. The church and the family are irrelevant to 80% of the population today. But they could become increasingly relevant to those who build their culture upon up, uh, upon biblical standards. Uh, so, friends, that's where we need to begin. The, the family must be the major source of education for the children. The family must be the basis for culture and economy. The family economy must replace the corporate-based economy. The state social security system must be abandoned, and the church must become the only source of care for the poor and the widows where the families are not involved. The church and the family must become the basis for education, discipleship, cultural leadership. That's got to happen. That has to happen. And that's the only possibility for any salvaging of any civilization in the years to come from my book. That means all other media sources have got to be shut down as a significant source of cultural formation. You with me, Bill? Mm-hmm. In other words, if, you, if you've got all these media inputs coming in on you, Monday through Saturday, you show up in church on Sunday, you're and somehow it. you're going to re- readjust it, ain't going to happen. No. So, friends, the Christian cultural denominator is gone. What is left of our civilization is crumbling. We must, we must, we must, by the grace of God, Salvage a culture, a civilization, the church, and the family, or there will be nothing left. We are DEFCON 1 on this, my friends. And that's why I wrote the book Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. And get a copy of that at our website, generations.org. By the way, Pastor John MacArthur wrote a foreword for it, just sent it to me. And here's what he said. Epoch is epic. Thank you, Pastor John. There you go. He says, This is John MacArthur writing on my book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West. Epoch is epic. This is a masterful and majestic history of the fall of Western society. I've never read 700 pages faster. I could not put it down. Exceptionally clear, compelling, and moving. It has always been my nature and my calling to understand, to analyze, to comprehend, to unpack, to discern, to grasp the truth and the lies in the world around me, to see the trends, to hear the voices, to read the ideas, to understand the signs of the times, certainly to avoid the failure of the Jewish leaders who were indicted by our Lord for their ignorance of the realities that defined their times, which left them incapable of bringing light into the darkness. If the church is a pillar and ground of the truth, it is because its leaders have biblical wisdom and knowledge of Scripture so as to protect it from lies and deception and build strong doctrinal churches where the word from heaven produces men and women who can be trusted and who are able to proclaim the truth that is not normally available. Kevin Swanson has produced a masterwork of insight into the reality of this apostate world that has replaced the Christian worldview. He gets it, and with a scalpel-like precision, become before the corpse is buried, he does an autopsy on the remains of Christian culture, discerning the factors and causes of its demise. 
This book is a complete education to be required reading in every Christian school for every pastor and Christian leader. If we are to be the people of the truth, we must know the story well, the how, the why. We are obviously under divine judgment. This apostate world is anti-Christian as if Christ had never come. We are Rome before the incarnation, only more guilty because of what has been rejected. I've gone back to Epoch many times to resource with spiritual wisdom, historical understanding that I keep close by. Not to understand the comprehensive insights in this book is self-inflicted ignorance and unwilling devaluing of the treasure of discernment. John MacArthur pastor of Grace Community Church, Sun Valley, California. Okay, That's quite the endorsement. Said that to me a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Brother John MacArthur, for uh, for helping us out here with this, uh, this book. And it was meant to be an introduction to Western civilization, the rise and the fall of it, the influence of Christian values and the Christian worldview upon a civilization over a thousand years plus, and then the decline of it and the loss of some of that. Now, it's not to say that we've lost everything. I don't believe that. But uh, but friends, you've got to read the story. I still think you've got to see the story. Now, there's a number of books out there you can get that do the job. But you've got to pull you know eight or nine of them together. I did the best I could to bring it into one volume. So that was the goal of this book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, available at Generations.org. Get your copy now at Generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson. Inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.